Matthew McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode, we will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book, A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www.acim.org. If you'd like to visit the Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. If you feel inspired to make a love offering, please visit us at miraclevoices.org forward slash donate. All donations go to support the work of the Foundation for Inner Peace, the publisher of A Course in Miracles. Now here's your program. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Miracle Voices. I am your co-host, Matthew McCabe, and I'm here with my co-host, Judy Scutch-Whitson. Judy, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, Matthew. I'm very, very excited about our guests today. Me too. Donatus and Patricia McCalka, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Oh, excited to be here, really. Good. And how about you, Donatus? Really, really excited. Uh, Judy and Patricia and I go back a long way, and it's wonderful to reconnect and uh, to be able to, uh, to, to connect and to share together. Now, Donatus... Tell us where you're located in the world so people can ID that accent. I think most people get it, but tell us where you're sitting today, you and Patricia. We are in Perth, Western Australia. Uh, I remember saying to somebody a little while ago that we were in Australia, somebody overseas, and they thought Australia was near Austria. Well, Australia, <laughs> <laughs> Australia is not near Austria. <laughs> Australia is a big island at the bottom end of the earth. We're upside down. So this is Perth, Western Australia. Okay. Can, will you grade my Australian accent really quick? Diggeridoo. 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 Crikey. Oh, dear. Okay, enough of that craziness. Patricia, please tell us, how did A Course in Miracles come into your life? Give us a little background. Tell us about it. Okay. Uh, it was... I think Dinatis will put me on track if I get the date wrong, but I think it was 1984, and I'd been doing a course in Hawaii uh, with Dr. Brew Joy, and um, while there, one of the volunteers we met from the Centre for Attitudinal Healing in Tiburon. So she said to uh, me and Dr. Margaret Smith, who was with me. She said, come and have lunch with us uh, and then when you hit San Francisco and then I'll take you over to the centre and you can have a look at the Centre for Attitudinal Healing. So we went and I walked in uh, the door and Jerry happened to be there, which he wasn't usually on this Thursday afternoon or something. and sparks flew immediately and by the end of about a 40-minute conversation I heard myself saying would you and Diane like to come to Australia (laughs) Uh, so and Jerry introduced us uh, to A Course of Miracles he um, in fact he gave us uh, a book with a big, uh, the, the big one that's got uh, the three uh, volumes. Okay. In the same, we've we've since 
got softer covers and uh, doing it that way, but we still have kept the big one from Jerry. Okay. When Jerry and Diane came to Australia, uh, we organised, when we invited them to Australia, we organised a seminar and uh, 1,500 people, Perth is not a big place, uh, but 1,500 people are ter- turned up at this uh, passenger terminal. And Jerry, of course, said the prayer before the meeting, and he ad-libbed and, and delivered a, an amazing, he and Diane delivered an amazing seminar on forgiveness. And a woman in the crowd uh, put up a hand and said, Look, my, I've just discovered, this is back in 1987, I've just discovered that my son is gay. And uh, it's a big shock to me, and he has AIDS. And Jerry and Diane invited her up on the stage, and the whole day was spent on forgiveness. And in the course of her being up on stage, she said, oh, by the way, my son is in the audience. And Jerry and Diane invited him up. And the whole day was centred on the theme of forgiveness. And uh, that person, that son eventually, eventually died. But that was the beginning of our introduction to A Course in Miracles through Attitudinal Healing and through Jerry and Diane. Uh, we came to um, to Kalamazoo. We thought Kalamazoo was a place in darkest Africa, for God's sake. Kalamazoo in the States. <laughs> and there, there we were introduced to uh, A Course in Miracles, Attitudinal Healing, and our lives have never been the same since. Wow. That's for sure. Would you like to say anything about your work with Attitudinal <laughs> Healing? And for Earth? sure. Yes. Go to it, Gal. Um, well, I was thinking about what story to tell, but one um, that uh, I think more than anything else taught me that I had to let go of negative energy quick. Uh, Donatus and I, uh, for seven years, used to run every Thursday night a um a, a group with um, and we'd teach uh, teach for about half an hour and then the group would break into small groups and it was 250, 300 people each week, which went on for seven, nearly eight years. Anyway, when we first started uh, this group, uh we had four small children at home and uh, to get to uh, run a group at 7.30 on a Thursday evening, we would have to, we would have to um, do homework, feed children, uh, load in those days overhead projectors into the car and we were pushing it. And invariably, quite often, by the time we got into the car to drive probably uh, 10 minutes to the where the course was being held, 
we would be uh, not very happy with each other that someone or other uh, wasn't, uh, didn't help or uh, there was quick tempers. So we had to learn that between our home and 10 minutes down the track, we had to let go of negative feelings because we couldn't go to this uh, venue and talk about love and peace and forgiveness while we were hating each other. (laughs) So that was how I, attitudinal healing or Course in Miracles absolutely taught me not to hang on to negative feelings. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for telling it. Donatus, can we ask you about your background, which is very different than most of us? As a young young man, I decided I, I felt called to become a, a Catholic priest. And I entered a monastery, uh, a redemptorist monastery, and for the next 16 years um, I, I devoted my life to living in community, vows of poverty, chastity and obedience, and seven years of training uh, in theology and the Old Testament and the New Testament, and living a life in community to be of service. And uh, there came a point when I was starting to dry up and I knew that um, uh, I needed to move, and I left the monastery. It was a painful process. And uh, along the course, I met Patricia and fell in love with her. And there began uh, uh, a collaboration uh, together. And we started running groups and started uh, a, a charity, a not-for-profit charity, a retreat centre. And we used to talk about... Um, the false self, and the true self. And along the way, we found, when we discovered Jerry and Course of Miracles, that this was the same as what we were doing. So we changed the, the name of the, of the retreat centre to the Centre for Attitudinal Healing. So anyway, my background, a spiritual background, psychotherapist, uh, psychologist, and Patricia uh, is a family therapist and a psychotherapist. And together we uh, ran a practice, and parallel to that, we also uh, started uh, the Centre for Attitudinal Healing, and, and that's how we we met up with uh, Judy and Jerry at uh, A Course in Miracles. Thank you so much, Nats. I should excuse me. Okay, fine. We'll have to cut that out. I don't know what's going on here, but what can you do okay. in the no quarantine? I can, I can um, cut it out. Okay, back, back we go. One of the things I just wanted to throw in here to the story is that those of our listeners who are tuning in, some of them may know who Jerry Jampolsky is, others may not have heard his name. So I will tell you what's Dr. Gerald G. Jampolsky who was one of the earliest students with me as my partner, in fact, uh, when we got the man, I got the manuscript called A Course in Miracles. And before it was even published, Jerry and I realized that we had a very difficult, challenging relationship and that we needed help 
So Helen Shuckman and William Thetford, both doctors of psychology at the School of Physicians and Surgeons at Columbia University in New York, were the scribes who had actually taken down the course. And we were the first two to study it together as a couple in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we had, we, I was married. He had other things in his life. He was divorced. But we were studying together because we didn't get along that well, although we deeply cared for each other. And so for two and a half years, we read through the course and did the lessons and found out that there was a great shift in what was going on in our relationship. And Jerry himself was determined to let people know that what had happened to him, to us, really worked. In other words, <laughs> this spiritual psychology that we were practicing really did help in relationships. And I think he, as a doctor, an MD, a psychiatrist, was very convinced that this indeed was a better way that he needed. And he then started the Attitudinal Center for Healing, the Center for Attitudinal Healing, which was to help people with mostly illnesses uh, meet together and see it in a different way. And then eventually children, and it's spread all over the world. I don't know how many chapters there are now, but I think well over 150, all autonomous, all over the world, all stemming from his practice of A Course in Miracles. Mm, yes. So wonderful connections we make as we muddle along through life, right? Yes. Right. We certainly do. We certainly synchronicity, uh, how we met you, Judy, and how we met Jerry and Diane and so many other people. And when you described your relationship with Jerry in the early days, uh, that mirrors uh, certainly our relationship, Patricia and mine, mirrors that um, we had issues and a course in miracles and other things that we uh, were exposed to in psychotherapy have helped us and uh, it's been an amazing journey of healing uh, and practice and when Jerry came to Western Australia uh, he wanted the the title of his seminars to be change your mind change your life and that was that has been our story changing mind changing our mind and changing our life i think so many people would agree with you who are listening now who have been studying a course of miracles for any amount of time from very recently to many many years that uh, when they truly practice it and understand what its whole aspect is, what its thought system is, they do notice things start to change. Now, on this podcast, what we like to share is forgiveness stories. So forgiveness according to A Course in Miracles, not the kind of forgiveness, well, I'm a good person, I'm better than she is, so and she's pretty awful, but I'm going to forgive her because I'm so, so much better <laughs> than she is. <laughs> but rather, yeah. forgiveness is only possible when you recognize your source. When you turn to the inner source within, whatever we call it, the Holy Spirit is suggested by the Course, Jesus, who is the author of the Course, uh, higher spirit or inner teacher or a higher guide, whatever you call it, the turning within is the most important part 
of the process because we learned that we cannot do it alone. We have two thought systems and they're competing with each other. Well, actually not. The ego is competitive. Spirit is not. Spirit is always there, quietly standing by within each and every one of us. And we can access it just by asking, just by wanting to, just by having the slightest willingness. Whereas ego, which always speaks first, is quite disruptive in our lives. Its motto is seek, but do not find. And we are all over the place seeking and being disappointed and having difficult relationships and having illnesses, maybe some joy, and that's great. But basically, it's a hard, hard world out there. And the Course is insistent upon we made this world through the ego. God did not make this world. We made it. And if we want a better way of being, that we have to turn to our higher selves, ask for the help, and through that guidance, miracles happen. The miracle of forgiveness is letting go of the past, moving, shifting from fear to love. And there's always a reaction when we ask. So that's a long introduction, <laughs> but I would love to ask you to share some of your forgiveness stories with us. Well, I, I'll uh, start, if you like, with one uh, with uh, one of our sons. When he was about 17, 18, he um, really started to uh, rebel and uh, left home and was virtually living on the street and drugs were involved and often of a night we would hear police sirens in the street and we would uh, hold each other and pray and ask for his protection and we didn't know where he was. And eventually one day, I'm not sure how, um, we found out uh, where he was living at a house with a group of um, other young like-minded uh, young people. And so I uh, prayed about it for quite a while and Denalis and I talked about it and I really wanted to go and make contact with him. And I was very frightened. So as you say, I, I did uh, go inside because there was nothing in me um, that uh, alone could have gone up to the door and um, gone in. So I went to the supermarket and bought a whole lot of groceries and um, I thought food was a good start uh, for an entrance. So I knocked on the door and by chance he answered the door and I said, uh, I have uh, some food. I thought you might it might come in handy. He said, oh, okay, uh, which I was quite surprised at. And he said, come in. And so going inside again, rather than being fearful because there were young people lying on floors and doing things everywhere, the moment I went into fear, there was some sort of disturbance in the house I could feel. 
while I stayed in touch with the loving energy that I wanted to give to him and people with, with him in the house. It was fine. So I went into the kitchen, which was uh, quite a mess. However, I didn't look at the mess. I stayed with the loving, filled up the fridge and left the food and talked briefly and then left. Now, I did this for um, every 10 days or so for some months and then um, about six months down the track, one night in the middle of the night, he um, came into our room and climbed into our bed and just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And that was the beginning of all of our healing um, in uh, forgiveness, in coming back to each other. So that's uh, one story of forgiveness that certainly... Is uh, anyone else crying? <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting here weeping. In our heart. <laughs> oh, it is... First of all, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being so open, transparent, and sharing this story. I have a feeling that there are many others who are weeping besides myself who have been close to that experience or something similar when they really just stuck to it, aware that their negative thoughts were going to be felt and very aware that their positive or loving thoughts would be felt. And what a practice to keep it up every 10 days for quite a while. And what an outcome. And Judy, uh, when, uh, when we were going through that, we really uh, were really quite frightened that he was going to die because uh, it, it was a pretty destructive uh, scene out there in Perth at the time. And I noticed that whenever I had a negative thought, whenever I had a resentment towards him, he stayed away. And whenever I changed my thought to a loving thought, he gravitated towards us and he knew, and it's the most tangible expression I've ever had of the power of thought. And he was very sensitive and he, he picked it up straight away. The interesting thing is, he has not touched drugs now for over 40 years. He doesn't even drink alcohol. And his whole life has been transformed. And we, but for us, that was a very practical example of how love is the most powerful force in the universe. My own um, story of forgiveness relates to my mother. My mother was given away. Um, when she was three years old in Lithuania and she never saw her seven brothers and sisters and her mum and dad uh, ever again and she was wounded and when I was seven years old um, we had we were migrants from war-torn Europe made a run from the Russians when I came home one day at seven years old I came home to uh, the knowledge that mum had left, gone off with a lover. 
and uh, I was devastated and there were a lot of uh, wounds and over the years uh, a lot of let's say a need for forgiveness I learned through that process that unless I forgave I was trapped it was literally rotting in my guts and over the years um, one of the things that made a big difference was when I came across miracles that said there is no conflict that does not entail the single simple question what are we who am I and who is my mother I learned to let go I learned to see her as a child of God. We had many fights. We had much turmoil and tumultuous interactions over the years. But I'll tell you honestly, when I let go in the name of my own freedom and saw her as a child of God, something dramatic changed. I can't believe how powerful the love she's now since passed, the love I feel towards her, and how forgiveness transformed my relationship with her and how it freed me up to let go of the fantasy of who I thought I was and who I think other people are and to see them uh, as as children of God. So in brief, that single uh, forgiveness experience over many years has transformed my life. It has transformed my relationship with Patricia. I don't think many people would have given us a chance in our relationship. You know, a former priest who knew nothing about sex or relationship with a woman or children or finances nobody would have given us a chance and what has happened through forgiveness through this process within the self of forgiveness it's transformed our whole life my life our relationship i can't believe how good it is i keep pinching myself uh, i could never have imagined uh, the, the positive power of forgiveness in my life. Wow. <laughs> Matt, is that a story to jest? <laughs> it sure is. I, I was thinking there, you both had such great touching stories. And Donatus, you know, coming from being a, a priest, I mean, the kind of education and ideologies. I'm sure some of those dovetail with the course, but some are quite different. How did you, how did you, you know, find a place of integration where you could digest the course and still look at your kind of previous belief structures? That that is an interesting question. Personally, I have found no conflict. In fact, my experience with the course has highlighted the rich truths that I found in the Old Testament and in the great masters of 
the spiritual life, like Teresa of Avila, you know, who said, let nothing disturb thee, let nothing affright thee, all things are passing, God alone is changeless. And what the Course did for me was shone a light on things that I had an understanding of, but all of a sudden it was, oh, so that's what the Lord's Prayer means when it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It was like a torch being shone on that and an awareness, a light globe, a light globe moment of, oh, so that's what it means. Oh, so that's what Jesus was talking about. Oh, so that's what, what um, it means. He must increase and I must decrease. So that's what sin is, this ego craziness part. So for me, there has been no conflict. For me, uh, the, the richness of what I studied in the whole Judeo Christian tradition, for me, that was my part, came alive in ways I could never have imagined. So um, uh, I uh, bless and am grateful for the Course as shining a light on things that I've studied and believed in but saw and experienced in a totally different way. Interesting. Added a new dimension. There's the missing puzzle piece, it sounds like. Yes. And like, like um, you know, for example, in the, in the New Testament, um, uh, John, John says, how can you say you love God whom you cannot see if you do not love your brother or your wife whom you can see? And it brings to light to me the, this is where the rubber meets the road through forgiveness, through love, through seeing each other as children of God and seeing the reality of who we are, that everything comes alive again. This truly is good news. You know, so for me, uh, good news came alive in a new way, in a, in a richer way, and I'm grateful for the journey, all of the journey. You know, it's wonderful to hear you articulate this, first of all, because of your background and many people who don't have a similar background, but who were brought up uh, very uh, much in their own tradition, um, have sort of said the same thing. A long time ago, when I was first learning the course, and I'm still learning it, by the way, <laughs> a long time ago, I was talking to a group of uh students in Staten Island, New York, and I had to have fairly snappy answers to their questions because their attention wasn't being held very long. This was very new to them and they didn't quite get it. And one of the young students said to me, uh, you know, I'm listening to you and all this stuff sounds really good and really yet, but it's airy fairy. Uh, tell me, I don't understand what this book is about. And I couldn't possibly answer it quickly, so I just did what I usually did. I said my inner help, meaning Holy Spirit, I can't handle this, you handle it. And what came out of me is I said, well, you know, the Bible tells us to love our brother, our neighbor as ourselves. 
but it doesn't tell us how. A course in miracles tells us how. Exactly, exactly. So it's all for the good. Yes. And the the thing that that appeals to me is, you know, this is a mind training course. The how, the practicality that is in uh, miracles, the practical exercises, like, you know, you need to practice this. This is the message that I got. This is a mind training course. Your mind needs to be trained again. Now, what I find interesting as a psychologist and Patricia and I as psychotherapists is how it dovetails the message of the course in 1965, for goodness sake, how it dovetails with the best healing modalities because Bill Fetford, of course, and Helen Shuckman were both clinical psychologists and Jesus spoke within their milieu, their language, how the Course of Miracles mind training course was way ahead of its time back in 1965 for the healing modalities that we have now in timeline therapy and clinical hypnosis and EMDR, healing trauma and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I'm continually gobsmacked by the practical way the course uh, shows us how to let go, how to change our mind with very practical daily lessons. So even for somebody who needs step-by-step processes, that's a godsend, literally. It's, it's a very practical day-to-day training thing that even fellows like me can learn, that anybody can learn if you just are willing. The other dimension that hits me about The Course of Miracles that's different from just psychotherapy is that I'm being held and that the message is all that is asked of me is my willingness and that love, Holy Spirit, Spirit, call it what you like, does the rest. So it's not just up to me. What is required of me is the willingness, the willingness to do the steps, the willingness to do the daily lessons, and then grace, love takes over. And that's a totally new dimension. I I love to call it the Olympics of the mind. Yes. Yes. And anyone who who has a sport or... Uh, an artistic practice or anything that we do demands practice over and over again to achieve the highest that we can achieve. Well, we put a lot of time, people do at least into jobs. I often practice. say to my pardon, I often, sorry, Judy, I, I sound, I don't mean to cut across. No, you. please do. No, no. I, I often say to people I'm seeing in counseling, Look, um, just get into the emotional mind gym and you've got to practice it and you've got to practice it. Exactly. Because I'm otherwise, so glad. yeah. I'm so glad that you two brought that up because <laughs> it's it's what for myself I know I have to do and say you can't expect anything unless you put in the practice and it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> but we seem to be so resistant in our mm. ego because the ego is struggling for its own identity and it is not that of spirit. 
we have to kind of expect we're going to have hard times along the way. That way, when we do, and if we do, we know it's all right. This is practice. Just keep on practicing. A happy outcome to all things is certain is what we're promised. And I keep going back to that. Anytime I feel I've slipped a little or, oh, my God, this relationship too. Now I got to do this. This is too hard. (laughs) A happy outcome to all things is certain. One example of that, Judy, is the other day uh, I uh, was finding myself feeling very resentful. In fact, I could feel a rage building up inside me when I thought of a fella that I knew way back there in seminary days when I was studying to be a priest. And here it was, 45 years, 50 years later, I was still uh, clenching my teeth and aware of a rage inside me. And then the lesson from A Course in Miracles came to me, like, now, Donatus, think of this person now who is irritating you, who I feel so much rage towards, Donatus, close your eyes and see him in your mind and look for even a glimmer of a new problem. Of course, you know the example straight from the Course of Miracles. And then see somebody in your mind whom you love and transfer, allow the glimmer of light that you see in this person who is causing you so much rage in this moment or triggering it anyway, and allow that light and love to transfer to the one you love, etc. And this is an example of how practical the Course of Miracles is to this situation. And when I did that, immediately, immediately, this simple exercise that actually happens to go very much in accord with trauma healing in psychotherapy, bang, the rage disappeared. The love flowed. So he was a very practical example in 2021 of something that I could put into practice straight from the Course of Miracles that made a difference straight away. Yeah. And also helping you let it go. The past is over. I love the line in the Course, the past is over. It can hurt you not. Yes. Donatus, you mentioned practical uh, tips, and we're, we're always trying to look for the practical tips to integrate, to help people. And in your work with, with people practicing forgiveness and attitudinal healing, and Patricia, you too, is there any kind of things you've seen people struggle with over and over again that you, you say you found a way for them to surmount? Some, anything practical there you can share? Patricia, would would you like to? Um, practical. Just, I talk in pictures sometimes, and uh, if um, I've got a client who is trying to get off their path of ego, uh, particularly, I, I I do a lot of work with couples, particularly in a relationship, if there's been a lot of um, disharmony um, and they're very used to uh, that way of thinking of that ego mind set of thinking I say to uh, 
the client, look, this thinking that you, you've got uh, is like uh, an eight-lane freeway and you do it automatically and you don't have to think very much and you just go uh, in drive and uh, it's easy at one level. But if you're wanting to change this behaviour, it's going to take some effort and it's like you've got to hop off your freeway and get out your machete and chop a path through the scrub and a new path. And if you keep following that path often enough and stay off your freeway of ego, if you keep following that path, eventually it will become easier and you might even find some paving on that path so you won't find it as difficult to go down that path. And eventually you might get your own highway instead of the ego freeway that you left behind. That's just a little example I give people sometimes that they seem to cotton on to. Patricia, I think your highway is going to become my way. <laughs> there we go. And thank you, Patricia. And Matt, Matt, you also asked an, an, an example that came to me uh, quickly. Uh, I've been working with a couple and she has just discovered that for the last two years he's been having a full-on affair and she is shocked and she is devastated and she is full of rage and betrayal. And she said in the session just a few days ago, I will never forgive him. I can't forgive him. I'm bleeding. Trust has gone. Everything that happened over the last couple of years has all been a lie. And, you know, her, she was crestfallen. And on the one hand, we have to honour uh, what she's going through, not going to pretend that she's not pleading, she's pleading and all of that. That has to be validated. But in that example, I, I asked her to close her eyes and the very example I shared to you from Miracles that had helped me a few days ago, I asked her, would she be willing to do something different in the room and sort of somewhat reluctantly she said yes would you be willing to try something and she said yes and i took her through the very example from miracles to see imagine even some glimmer of light in her husband and we took her through the very thing now i'm not saying that Everything is now fixed up. There is a healing process and a practical process that they have to go through. But she said her shoulders dropped. Something shifted. Now, that was from miracles. I didn't say it was from miracles. But that also lies at the heart of trauma healing, neurological change changing the neurological patterns by doing that that simple exercise from 
from miracles, it's also very much in line with everything we know about neurological change that is necessary, reprocessing in trauma. And she was traumatized. So there's another example how miracles interfaces, of course, spoken to two clinical psychologists who channeled it, if you like, uh, how practical it is and how up-to-date it is and how intensely uh, evidence-based <laughs> course of miracles is. Those are great, very practical examples, Donatus and Patricia. Thank you for that. Very vivid, too, Patricia, with the uh, machete and the scrub. I think I'm using that one again. So thank you for that. Well, Judy, any other comments or questions for Donatus and Patricia? I have a question for you and for them. Can we do this again? Yes, this is a lot of fun. That would be wonderful. Uh, it, feels like we, yeah, it feels like we've hardly started, and we have here, Matthew and I, two people who are long-term students of the course, one of whom studied for the priesthood and actually learned so much of what the course reflects upon, and a wonderful therapist, uh, psychologist, Patricia. And I just feel that you have much more wisdom that we haven't touched upon. And so uh, with Matthew's permission, I would love to invite the two of you back again. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We would love oh, to. That if, would be if, lovely. If that would work for you guys. Um, do you know, uh, just a, a, on a personal note, um, when I was, when I said yes to spirit uh, and um, uh, committed my life, on my ordination card was uh, sent to uh, spread the good news by a gift of grace from God. Now, um, I feel inside an urgency to spread the good news. The good news hasn't changed. One very powerful vehicle for the good news to be spread, of course, is the Course of Miracles. It is, it is sitting on top of centuries of Jesus talking one way or another, not not to Judy and, and Bill at this point, but to all sorts of people down through the ages. And long before, before you know, BC, the whole richness of the Bhagavad Gita and the, uh, the Old Testament and various other, you know, various other channels. And anyway, the point I'm trying to make is it's time to spread the good news, the good news. If ever we needed to spread the good news of who we are as children of God, children of light, uh, magnificent beyond belief, there is a way through, that love is eternal, death need not be feared, all those things, it's now. So, you know, in that context, you know, I can't speak for Patricia, but Patricia's already answered, we would be delighted to be part of spreading the good news. Well, that's wonderful news to hear. <laughs> well, thank you both. And Matthew, you have an ending today? Yes. And thanks for coming on so early. It's not even eight o'clock in uh, Perth. So thanks for, for joining us so early. And thank you, Donatus and Patricia, for your miracle voices. And we look forward to having you on again. 
Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank love, you. Love you Thanks, both. Matt. And love to you, Judy. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to Miracle Voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you are enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. And lastly, please visit us at miraclevoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, when you want only love, you will see nothing else. Thank you.